This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to a brand new episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 15th of May 2023. Coming up, the best PCs for 2023. Elon has a new CEO and more. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't fit it all in there. Sorry, I was trying to get... There was one more thing I wanted to add into that introduction. Just couldn't quite make it in. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? Happy Monday, Stephen Scott. I am feeling great. It's hot. Birds are singing. Twitter has been saved. Ah, oh, everything is amazing. Yeah, Twitter's been saved. That's right. That's why the birds are singing. They're all happy because uh, their own social network is alive and thriving. Uh, or soon to be. Oh, dead. No, 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 alive and thriving. <laughs> oh, Stop I see. It, right. Mate. Okay, right, right. It's getting alive a second chance. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, also, I want to mention Thomas Domville, the fantastic uh, Thomas Domville also known as Anonymous, he did a demo of an app called Ico for Apple Viz, A-I-K-O, and it's an app all about transcription uh, if you want to be able to transcribe oh. content. So say, for example, you recorded a college lecture or something and you wanted to get a transcription of that, you can now do that instantly on your device. Hey, you can even use the app to do the recording and yeah. then it will automatically transcribe afterwards as well. So you can open up files you've got. So if you have, say, an audio file, maybe this show, maybe you want to listen to this in in high-speed text format because you just cannot put up with our voices any longer, then you could do that. You could just import the file straight into ICO and it will transcribe the whole thing. A couple of things it doesn't do, like, and this is a problem overall because ultimately it's using the OpenAI Whisper engine, which is... Whisper. Whisper, yeah. It's using that. Don't like that. Uh, and what it's doing is it's using that function, but it's all powered on device. So what I really like about this is nothing's going off to the cloud here. This is all being done by the power of your device. Oh, very cool. Just I've cool. just got three words for you, though, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Just press record. Yes, it does it as well. I don't think it uses the Whisper engine. I don't no, know. It Maybe it has updated since. but Maybe. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they're all using the Whisper Engine for transcription. But it, the only thing it doesn't do at the minute, unlike the, some of the more professional services like Otter and all that kind of stuff, the ones you pay for, they will give you the ability to identify voices. So if, for example, you were to uh, import this show as a podcast into hmm. Otter, it yes. would give you a transcription saying Stephen and Sean. It might not get the names right, but at least it would tell you who the speak, like speaker one, speaker two. It would give you a sense of other people speaking. That's, that's cool. the only difference. Yeah. Well, that's what Google was uh, talking about, isn't it? They had that same similar yeah. feature in theirs. Yeah, which is very Chirp. handy. I think this is called Chirp or Chirpy or something. It's Chirpy Chirp, Cheap Cheap. Cheap Cheap, yeah. The, the um, transcription is so difficult. I mean, you take a show like ours with, with you know, our funny accents and talking over each other here and there. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Going off on tangents like that. It's so difficult. So any advancement is cool. Yeah, it's needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it is interesting because, of course, a lot of people, and, you know, I'm definitely uh, one of the people to forget this wrongly, I know, and I put my hands up on this, but, you know, there are people who are deafblind who read a lot of content that would be yes. we would listen to. And a show like this, for example, for someone who's deafblind, you would need it to be in transcription form. Now, if the show doesn't have transcription, what do you do? And that's where these apps are fantastic because now it's giving you that control to be able to transcribe something in much easier ways. Conversely, I'm looking for a similar thing because I want to take a PDF document and turn it into audio. So I'm going to see if my 11 labs Uh will do that for me. Uh, I just want to take this document and I might use GPT to either do some summarizing or to turn it into, you know, maybe to strip away a lot of the nonsense and make it more conversational. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I just want to try and use the culmination of tools to almost create like an audio book version of this pamphlet that I've got. And I think it should be doable. I've got, isn't that built into the Mac? I've got a thing at the back of my head. There was a thing to export to audio. There is, yes. The Mac does have convert. You can take, I think it's a file. Uh, You can take like a file. I'm taking the rest of the day off. Good night. You can take a text file and you can convert it into audio uh, and you can that's, that's built in but the only downside to that is 
it's using the old voices. It's not using even some of the newer voices you can use. You, you have it's, oh, it's more like system voices, and it's often default to Daniel. Uh, you can change that, of course, but you know, yes. you're kind of def- you're kind of stuck on a couple of voices rather than maybe using the city voice that would be much nicer to listen yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so that's this is the, where the kind of disconnect is at the moment. Um, I, this is why I think I'm really excited about WWDC. I kind of want to know where they're going with this. And I know there's going to be lots of interesting stuff on the AI front, but with audio especially, I'd really love to see more uh, investment in really good audio, really good quality voices on the Mac. It's funny that they went out last year and got Eloquence, mm-hmm. and we're still not terrible, getting... by the way. Yeah, yeah, but we're still not getting like, the Microsoft Cloud voices on there, you know, which would be really good to get. Oh, yes, yeah, they amazing. would be good. Well, to be fair, Microsoft haven't even made those available system-wide, so they're no. still holding them back, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get the demo. Now, this is an app which is for iOS, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today, but it actually is also on the Mac as well. So it allows you to bring that transcription to the Mac. Um, and what is, is really happening here is it's almost like a front-end. I think I'm right in saying this, Sean, that's like a front-end to all these services that are online. Because at the moment, for example, if you have ChatGPT and you want to use ChatGPT, you would have to go into a browser and you would go into the browser and use it. There are some applications starting to come through that, you know, create like a front end to that for computers. But I don't think there's any on Windows yet. Um, And there are a couple Hmm. on the Mac, but they're not great. There's one I got the other day, which was called, um, is it Menu GPT or something, or Mac GPT? And it it, it works off the menu, but it's just anything that's in the menu on a Mac is generally awful with accessibility. It just never works. Really? What what menu are you talking about? The extra bar or whatever it's called? Yeah, so the status menus they call it now. Um, But yeah, basically menu extras as we would know it. Uh, It normally drops it there. And as soon as you go into it, if you can actually click on it, that's often the first challenge. You can Mm. action it. Um, I mean, Dropbox, for example, is (laughs) probably... just what I was going to say. Well, (laughs) it's interesting with Dropbox, right? Because Dropbox has its own custom design, which you'll have in Windows, right? So when you go into Windows and you you maybe go to the status menu, or what is it they call it? Is that what they call it? The status menus? System tray. That's exactly it. System tray. Um, When you go there... And you do the right click on it, which you've yeah. got to be careful sometimes. Is it the right click or the left click? Which one is it you do? Uh, you can just hit spacebar on it now to bring up the right, context okay. menu. So you bring it's, up, is that, that's just bringing up though the kind of window, isn't it? The window into Dropbox. And then you've got all the different, like, you know, you've got all the different menu areas in there. You've got the list of recently synced files, all that stuff. You have, yes. It, it's actually better than it used to be. It, it does work like a menu now. There's just more options in there. Um, but yeah, it's not bad. The only thing with that is sometimes the menu stays there when you come out of it and it still sticks there for some right. reason, but Dropbox is weird anyway. And uh, can I just say a quick side note, Dropbox, please make your dialogue boxes accessible. I'm fed up of every time I move a file or delete a file oh, and it yeah. says, are you sure everyone's going to lose this file? But you don't know it's there. It's, it drives me crazy. That's it. Thank you. Move and on. sometimes it doesn't move the file, right? You just, it's stuck. Oh yeah, because exactly. it doesn't, because you, because you, you have an action. There. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it accessible. It's easy. But we what don't is, need light and, and gray dialogue. Oh, I'll be honest, it's worse on the Mac because, you know, you've got it? to do that whole VOF 1F1 or F2F2, you know, to be able to bring yeah, to Apple, surface up all the stuff. I don't understand that as well. While I'm at it, calling people out, Apple, why do you do that? VOF 1F1. Why, why can't it just be part of the, you know, the command tab? The command tab, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the inconsistencies, again, it's funny with the Mac. I was talking to uh, a good friend, Robin, and we always have the same conversation around the inconsistencies with Mac. And, you know, one of them is the, um, now let me get this right, it would be command tilde. Um, but there's also another, it depends on which keyboard you're using, depends on which particular <laughs> key does this. Um, but essentially it's like a, like a command tab within an application. So you can go around, you can cycle around the windows of a particular application. So oh, right. say you have five finder windows open, you can use your command tilde. And again, it could be a different key on your machine, but I use command tilde here. Um, and what that will do is that will jump between the different Finder windows. So if I have, say, a Downloads window open, I can jump to that, and then I can, you know, change, turn around to the, you know, the, the desktop or whatever it might be, the other window, um, and I can sort of work within that particular set of windows. Gotcha. Um, and that then equally, sense. I could do the same. But but that's not consistent. So you have, say, two Audacity windows open, or two uh, instances of Edge or Safari, and it will not. Go between them. Oh. You've got to use the window option and in, in the menu bar for that. 
Unless there's another way of doing it, again, it wouldn't surprise me if there is, because the Mac does tend to just have options all over the place, <laughs> and some of them make sense, some of them don't, but they're, it's the inconsistency part that gets me. Um, so, so we were at yeah. ChatGPT in the uh, menu extra. Menu extra. Well, well, the reason I wanted to mention the, the Dropbox one was because on the Mac, at least, when you have the drop-down menu, it is a proper menu. It's not the Dropbox menu. It's just a list menu of all the items. So it's much easier to navigate around, which is where sometimes the Mac can be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. endless problem with the Mac. You know, it's like I love it. And I have this love-hate relationship with it every yeah. single day. Um, but yeah, anyway, yes. So let's talk about, because I was going to talk about Shh, ICO later. I know, I'm, I'm all over the place here. Too much coffee this morning. And it's. It, I think it's starting to kick in now. It kind of, you know that way you is. go from, I am so ba, ba, tired, ba, 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 ba. I, I can't function to suddenly, uh, you know, it's just, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about ICO, A-I-K-O. Thomas is going to demo it for the, stop that. Uh, we're going to demo that for the iOS. Every time you say it. Uh, in just a moment, I'm just ignoring you now. Um, okay. but what I want to do is I want to go to Oliver. Oliver is one of our listeners who, uh, got in touch with us via Mastodon. Uh, which you can find us there at double tap at tweezcake.social, I believe is how you find us. Uh, or if you're in there, just at double tap, I think. Um, and he was asking the question, you know, what's a good laptop to buy today? He's not really a huge fan of the whole iPad experience uh, with a keyboard. And he said some issues with it. And he says, I think I just need to get a, a laptop, an actual PC laptop to do what I need to do. Um that suggests you're not overly keen on the Mac approach to things, but it did lead me into doing some, I believe they call this uh, around here, and it is shocking. Uh, not that one. This one. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I really need to remember what that button is. Why did I move it? I don't understand why I that moved it. That was quite shocking. I yeah, well, we were finished. <laughs> the show was finished for a second there. You were all excited. Um, but yeah, I, it did actually lead me to do some research. Yes, like I say... Breaking news. Oh, I, I Breaking just forget news. it. Just forget it. <laughs> Never mind. Um. Large fingers. <laughs> These buttons are huge. Why am I hitting the wrong one? Why am I hitting two of them at the same time? Uh, oh, come so on, deep it breath. Did keep, keep lead me we'll get there. To do, <laughs> did lead me to do some research. Uh, I'm not pressing that again. And, Breaking uh, news. <laughs> thank you. And uh, uh, I've come up with my top five laptops of 2023. Oh, so then, right. oh, oh, thank you. Oh, well done. I'm bowing okay. myself. I'm bowing for <sighs> myself. That's very good. Lay it on me. Here's the question. Do you want to go five to one or one to five? Five to one. Ofs. Okay. Right. We're going to start at number five. Okay. Yep. Right. So number five. Here's what I'm putting forward. <laughs> sound effects. I've got, I've got no other sound effects. I'm not pressing that stuff ever again. <laughs> um, I'm going to mention one you might be surprised at. HP Dragonfly. Oh, that's a bold move, sir. Okay. Now, I should preface this. Oh. I think that's the right word. It's absolutely the right word. Um, Preface? Preface. I'm prefacing this (laughs) with something important to to say. Uh, The laptops I've picked are specifically focused on those of us who are blind, who will have value out of all of this, but also the functionality to run, say, a screen reader or, you know, magnification. No point going for cheap laptops here, Sean. I totally disagree. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, HP Dragonfly. What do you say is cheap? Let's, 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 okay, let's go off this one. Okay. okay. All right. Well, well, this will give you an idea where I'm going. So okay. this one, uh, HP Dragonfly. Now, I picked this out. We're talking here 32 gigabits of RAM. That's a lot of RAM in this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. One terabyte solid state and in a beautiful ceramic white, if you care about oh, that. Uh, also, 14-inch nice. is touchscreen, so that's a bit of a negative on my part. I don't really like touchscreen laptops, but, you know, I mention it because, you know, obviously with the obviously this is a high-level machine, you're getting the touchscreen to go with it. Uh-oh. Also, an AMD Ryzen 7 processor in there. The only nice. one in this list that has AMD in it, uh, because if I'm honest, I tend to lean towards Intel when it comes to uh, any laptop. I just have. You won't I notice a have. difference. AMD, absolutely fine. Yeah, well, especially with Ryzen 7. I mean, they are very good. It's lovely. I think 9 is the top, isn't it? There's AMD Ryzen... I get confused now. I I honestly don't know where we're at with it. Uh, I'm glad you researched this. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's coming in at £1,199, which is 2,025 Canadian, (laughs) roughly. 
Okay. Bargain. That is what? kind of where I think we're at in terms of price. I think you're looking at, if you're in the UK, you're looking at tw- spending about 1,200 quid for a, a decent machine. Look, this is for a decent, decent. machine. Decent. You're talking, uh, this is premium machines, sir. You think so? You think 1,200 yes. these days? You think 1,200 yes. is premium? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think um, 500 Canadian is your budget there, is your entry level. I think you could pick up a, a fine machine for Absolute that price. Absolute garbage. That's right. What, that, okay. Not only that is that your opinion, uh, or my view on your opinion, that yes. is also what you'll get for 500 Canadian dollars. Absolute uh, no. garbage. Unless, no, no. unless yes. you're going down the outlet route. If you were to go to, say, like a Dell outlet or a Lenovo outlet or one of these outlet, you know, or open box. Well, you know what? We'll get to that after. Yeah. I, okay. I will state my case why I think. Okay. Uh, All right. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let's carry on with the list. Okay. Because you're intrigued that by this. That is a I nice think. laptop, by the way. It's it a really nice laptop. Nice. Now, this is interesting because that particular one is, is classed as a business laptop, but they're not selling it to business directly. They're not. It's not like IT people are buying this. Instead, what you've got here is uh, this really being sold to self-employed people and, and, and you know, people who are on their own, essentially, in business. So that's an, an interesting oh. market here. Rather than being consumer, I'd say this is more prosumer. Okay. I would go with that, yes. I mean, if really you're talking nice about this price range for the rest of your list as well, I would say all of these, yeah. ideally, are, are sort of prosumer. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Um, and I mentioned it because again, fourteen inch, so portable. It's not huge. It doesn't. It doesn't have the extended keyboard. It's not got a numpad on there. But you know, okay, it's just good to know that that is the kind of level I'm at. And I think for that sort of money, we're talking twelve hundred pounds. As I say, two thousand Canadian. I think that's a really good machine, especially with a thirty-two gig RAM, one terabyte SSD. That's not something replicated in the other options here. So okay, to number four and Dell Inspiron fifteen is my choice at number four. Kind of. I have to say, quite far down that list, if I'm honest, because normally Dell would have been right up at the top of my lists normally. But uh, I don't know. Mm. I think there's something different about Dell these days. It seems to be, I mean, especially the XPS range and all that, they're just way, way, way too far out of the range for a lot of people. And also, I don't think, one of the things that irritates me is that with the Dell XPS now, they have this new function row where it's not a function row anymore. It's more like the touch bar on the Mac because it absolutely became... ridiculous idea that Apple tried and even pulled back about, uh, yeah. you know, a, a few models on. So no, it looks nice, um, but it's not very functional. And the keyboards yes. don't have great travel or great depth, which is kind of annoying. You want a good keyboard on there. And Dell, classic Dell had excellent keyboards on their, on their laptops. The Inspiron 15 is definitely one of those. Now this comes with a 12th Gen i7, this particular one, 16 gig RAM, 512 gig SSD. Not bad. Uh, and you're mm-hmm. getting all that for a much more respectable £739, which equates to roughly 1250 Canadian dollars. Yeah, okay. Better? I'll go with that. That is that is better. Yeah, and it's a nice laptop. That's a really nice laptop. 15-inch. Uh, I think that one does come with an extended keyboard, so you do get the numpad in there. Um, it's a little bit bigger. You know, they say 15-inch. It, it's a true 15-inch with a lot of bezel, uh, and that allows for the room to have, you know, the decent sized keyboard in there mm. as well. So that, yeah. again, that's something you got to think about. And this next one kind of follows up on that. If you're looking for something that's a desktop replacement, you're not needing a desktop, but you maybe want to take it on the move with you from time to time. My next recommendation is a surprising one even for me, and it's surprising that it goes above Dell, uh, and that is the LG Gram 17. Wow. Now, this is a really interesting laptop because it's got a lot of power in it, for the money, uh, it's got the 10th gen Intel Core processor. So it's a little bit of an older processor in there. 12th gen in the uh, Inspiron 15. Um, but, you know, you've got 16 gig of RAM in there. You've got a 256 gig RAM. Uh, sorry, a hard SSD. drive, SSD. Yeah. Um, it runs Thunderbolt 3. It's got Thunderbolt 3 ports on it. So it's not running everything as a latest. It sounds slightly, you know, a few years out of date there. And it's coming in at 1200 again. So you're looking at about 1200 um, And that's roughly the same price as the Dragonfly. I am sorry. That's a hard sell for me. But here's the winner, winner, chicken dinner, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Um, it is a big laptop. It's got good speakers in it. Um, and also, it has a full-size keyboard and an insert key. That puts it above every single oh, keyboard and computer on. on the land. Okay. Um... Oh, I can't get past the tenth gen and the sort of the the generation behind Thunderbolt. 
Yeah. That is, mm, okay. Okay, right, I'll yeah, move on no, then. I'm not convinced by that one. Again, similar price. So we're looking at roughly £1,200. Again, just over 2000 Canadian. This is the Lenovo. Yes, Lenovo oh. makes it into the list, obviously. Uh, this is the ThinkPad X13. Now, I'm talking here specifically about the Generation 3. Uh, I have my hands on that very machine uh, here in the, the studio, and it's a really nice little laptop. Um, it comes now with the configuration 12th Gen uh, Intel Core, and this particular model I'm looking at with this particular price is the i5, uh, which, again, that's your mid-range Intel processor, a little bit like the AMD Ryzen 7, um, a really good processor. Um, We'll discuss i3 and i5 in a minute, but for me, i5 is probably the base level as far as I'm concerned. 16 gig RAM, 256 gig solid state. Again, it's 13.3 uh, inch. The name gives it away. Uh, Non-touch screen, so that's nice. That's a really good getting everything's done system. You could maybe spend a little bit more, maybe put a bigger drive in there, but 256 gig SSD will do most people, especially if you've got a lot of stuff on OneDrive or on Dropbox or whatever else yeah. in the cloud. And that, again, coming in at 1200. Uh, 2000 Canadian. So I think that's a nice I think that's a nice on the balance system. Again, excellent keyboard. You cannot fault Lenovo for their keyboards. Excellent. Um and you know just a generally a good and well-built machine. So that's why it sits at number 2 in that list. Yes, you know what? I I I love Lenovo. Absolutely fantastic machines. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. And of course, the number one is a MacBook Air. But I know you won't be particularly interested well, in that I, yourself, I, Oliver. I, but I'm sorry if you ask me what the best laptops of 2023 are. Number one is going to be the MacBook Air M2. It just is. Didn't Oliver say no MacBooks? Yes, but I'm not writing this list just for Oliver. I'm writing this for everybody. Well, I, if you want to know what I think, I'm not going to put I, a PC at number one. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, okay. All right, it's your list, Stephen's list. Okay, which MacBook? Just to, just to give you, uh, yeah, just to give you some specs on this because it's quite different compared to everything else. And this is again, this is all down to the Intel versus the Mac silicon chip. So you have eight gig of memory in there. That seems a lot less than what you're getting in the other machines. But at the same time, bear in mind that you don't need as much memory with the Mac silicon. You can live on eight gig, and you would never really know the difference. Two hundred and fifty-six gig storage. That's a questionable thing. I think that's always dependent on what your needs are. I tend to go for the second option, which has got the 512 gig. Um, if I need it to upgrade to 16 gig, I will. I don't know if I actually need it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, a lot of the AI stuff, though, I mean, Whisper, for example, if you want to use ICO on your... Uh, yeah, if you want to use ICO on your Mac, it does actually recommend your 16 gig on there um, because all the processing is being done locally. So it does require a bit more grunt i guess um so you know it depends on what your applications are going to be um 13.6 inch liquid retina screen um it's obviously got the magsafe charging port two thunderbolt uh, usb4 ports it's got the magic keyboard with touch id which is really nice nice that comes in at roughly same price we're talking 1250 pounds which is again just over 2000 canadians so you know again that, that is very specific to the list but for you oliver i think you know, it depends on what you're looking for. But the reason I wanted to put it together in that way and, and put, sell it to you in this way is I think it's important for people to realize that there are a lot of options out there, especially when it comes to PCs, but it's about performance, but equally value. And I think if you're looking to spend money on a PC that you want to be functional, usable, you're not going to be getting errors or crashes or anything else, you've got to be spending around that £1,200, 2000 Canadian mark, I think, to get what you need. So that's my list. Well, well done, sir. That was a fantastic list. And I agree with almost all of the uh, the options there. I, I don't know. I still think that is that is the higher end bracket for me when it comes to price. The things to look out for when you're buying any computer really is the processor. Um, and I would go with the, as you said, I think the i5 if we're talking Windows. Yeah, um, I agree. An i5, because you know, if you're running a screen reader especially, there is a more of a performance hit there. So I would say anything with an i5 processor. Um, when it comes to memory, uh, this is going to be controversial, but I think you can get away with 8 gigabytes. Oh, no, no, no. Stephen always says 16. And I know Jules users out there that say it's got to be 16 gigabytes, but I say you can get away with 8. And when it comes to the SSD, I, I can get away with 240 gigs. 
on an SSD. And I do tons of audio editing. Absolutely fine, but it depends on your work case, I suppose, how much hard disk space you need. So i5, okay, I'll, I'll, meet you, I'll meet you there, Stephen. 16 gigs of memory and whatever size hard disk you need. Just look out for that. The rest you're paying for the name, you're paying for the aesthetics, you're paying for the form factor. If you want a thin one you can just mm. throw into your bag, then obviously you're going to pay more for that. I'd like the cheap, plasticky, you know, massive ones that cost <laughs> about, um, you know, 500 bucks. So uh, whatever you can get for your budget. But yes, I, I will say those are amazing laptops on Stephen's list, but they are the higher end. Well, but they're on the higher end. It, yeah. You won't be disappointed with them. ThinkPad X13, great machine. Definitely yes, my top PC r- recommendation for sure because of the price point. Once you start getting into ThinkPads and you look at something like the X1 Carbon, which I think is up to the ninth generation, you're starting to get into the 1500 to 2000 2500 It can get very expensive very quickly with Lenovo. Uh, whereas this is kind of that bridge point between the Idea Pads and the Yogas that you tend to find that are a little bit lesser quality uh, in terms of build. Um, yes. Whereas the ThinkPad X13 sits right in the middle between the Pro ThinkPads and those idea pads and yogas. LG Gram is a bit of an unknown quantity, but you know it does seem to be, from the reviews, a very sturdy, decent machine. 17-inch, though, it's big. Yeah. That's um, a huge thing. That's, that's a desk machine, really. You're not going to be carrying that about with you. And what's wrong with the Acers, the Asuses, and the um, Toshibas, you know, the lower <sighs> end of the market? I'm just mm. not a lover of them. I'm not a lover of them. Every They're not one beautiful I've had, machines, but, you know, at a yeah, pinch. But I, I, it's, it's about the keyboard for me. First and foremost, yeah. is the keyboard a good experience? Acer, Asus. Again, there are newer and certainly better versions. There's a lot of gaming rigs out there now in PC mm-hmm. form, so there's a lot of good options there, and they will certainly have better keyboards. I don't know if there's any... I don't know if there's any laptops out there with mechanical keyboards built in yet. Maybe that's kind oh, There must be a few gaming ones, yeah, I would have thought so. The gaming uh, laptops will definitely have mechanical. And, you know, again, on the Dell front, the Inspiron range, very good range. XPS I would avoid, personally. I just don't think it's a great range, especially for us with the touchscreen, essentially as a keyboard. I, I just am yeah. not into that. I want and, the and, function keys back. It's and, and, you know, ridiculous. it's weird. Because, look, I mean, this this HP Dragonfly, I mentioned this one, and it's a kind of an outlier. And the reason it's in number five in the list, despite it having these excellent specifications, is because I've never touched the keyboard on it. And I don't know how good that keyboard is going to be. HP has never been what I would consider to be the best when it came to keyboards. Um, but, you know, very good, solid machines generally. So I leave it at number five until I get hands-on with it. But I do like the size. Don't like the touchscreen. I'd love if there's a non-touchscreen option, and there may well be. But, you there know, 32 is. gig RAM, one terabyte SSD, that's 1200. A that's a lot in there. A lot yeah. in there. So there you go. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention some of those because, you know, it's just really, really interesting. There's so much well out in uh, the, the world of PCs at the minute, and uh, that's just some of them. If you have a recommendation, maybe you think I'm just talking rubbish, then you can email us. Uh, I know you will anyway. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. one is our number. We're across social media as well. Oliver, I hope that helped you. And if you're looking to buy a new PC, hopefully that'll give you some inspiration as well. Uh, we're back in a moment. This is Double Tap on AMI-audio. Call the Double Tappers now, one 803 4567 or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. So uh, I don't know if you uh, spotted the news over the weekend, Sean Priest. Elon Musk hmm. has appointed a new chief executive for <gasps> Twitter. A whole new world. <laughs> oh, everything's going to be great again. Of course it is. That's right. Twitter... Make Twitter great. No, let's not. No, no, please. Let's not go there. Um, yeah, so uh, Linda Yaccarino is her name. She was uh, global head of advertising operations at NBC Universal, my old job. And um, was it? Sorry, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did it for a week. Ah, I did it for a week. That and uh, bus washing. I was very good at bus washing. <laughs> I did. Actually, I did actually do that job once. I did it for two weeks. Well done. And um, I, I just was terrible at it. And also I hated the cold, which is weird for me because I do like the cold. But being in the cold and being in a room that's air-conditioned is quite oh, a different thing. Yes. And a hosepipe was in, involved at some point, I'm guessing. You know, they actually, so- the guy threw me the, a set of keys and he said, go get the number 19, bring it over here. And I'm like, 
yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, because I can't drive. And he says, oh, it doesn't matter. It's private land. You don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I can't see to drive. I'm like, I you will really, drive it through the wall. As much as I would love the, You know that way you, you can have that moment. You just have yeah. that moment where you go, I could get to drive a bus right now. Could I get away with this? I've got the keys and everything. But then I think when it turns up, you know, half the oh. side of it's been scraped off. Oh, it would be great CCTV, mm. though. That would make Wouldn't great it? footage, yes. It would be something that would be on Facebook Watch from here until eternity. <laughs> I could be on my own Facebook Watch experience. Oh, yeah. Anyway, dear. that never happened. Anyway, aside that, Miss Yaccarino <laughs> is now the new CEO of Twitter, who I don't believe has washed buses. Although you never know. Um, apparently, the whole purpose here is for her to uh, bring about what is called Twitter 2.0. Now, what does that mean? Well... Essentially, this is a person who is in advertising, has been in advertising, and I think that's giving you a sense of the kind of person he wants at the top. He is going to keep on the role of uh, dealing with uh, technology developments and the product itself, but she is going to be focusing on bringing in the money. So what is Twitter Mm. 2.0 going to to look like? Well, there was an interview, which uh, actually you should go and watch. It's on YouTube. It's 40 minutes long, but there's an interview that she does she presents this. This was only last month. She presented an interview with Elon Musk uh, in front of a bunch of advertising executives, and they were discussing this, you know, what is going to happen to Twitter. And this was before the announcement that she was taking the job. Maybe even before she was offered the job. Who knows? But maybe this was her interview. <laughs> you know, maybe he was oh, exactly, seeking her out, yeah. you know, which I think might be the case. I think they were trying to figure out, you know, maybe he was trying to feel her out to see what, you know, she was like and how they got on together. But yeah, so she is someone who is clearly well-known in the advertising world, very good at her job, and uh, hopefully will turn around the fortunes of the company. But Elon has said himself, and we talked about this on Friday, that he is looking to bring in new areas for Twitter. So for example, make it the, I think they call he calls it the everything app. He wants it to be the everything app, the place you go where everything you need is there. And that means eventually banking, calls, video, messaging, Everything basically you would be able to do through this. Uh, <laughs> no, that. not that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to do accessibility. Well, we got to give her a chance, right? Who knows? She may make a huge difference, but I am slightly skeptical because of the nature of what she did before. I think this is a case of, an, and Elon's made this perfectly obvious, he wants to make money out of Twitter. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. 13 billion in debt currently. Yes. Yeah, that that's a lot. I still I still get quite quite surprised by when it's billion. I'm, that still surprises me that word. Yeah. I'm so used to million billion, um, but yeah, this seems to me like she's brought in to bring in the 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 revenue really to bring in the advertisers and to you know the business side of it. And um, yeah, I don't know how much it's going to actually change how Twitter functions now and the structure of Twitter. But we will wait and see. I'll give her a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Although he has upset her already, which is not great, uh, because apparently her uh, carefully laid plans to exit from NBC uh, Universal uh, had kind of been scattered when he had tweeted out that he had found someone to take on the role. And apparently at that stage, although he did not identify her, um, she was currently in process of doing lots of work at NBC Universal. And uh, the tweet came out, people started speculating it would be her, and it came out that before she had a chance to tell anyone, it was her. <sighs> Good so, old Elon. Well done, Elon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tactful as ever. It's like telling your friends, isn't it? It's just like having your mate round, you know, just don't, <laughs> don't tell anyone this, right? And then he just says, oh, I've just told everyone. I said it just, in group chat. Just put it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, interesting stories that develops, as indeed every time uh, Twitter does something these days that makes headlines, uh, just because of the nature of Elon Musk, isn't it? Um, but let's move on, because uh, I want to talk about this app called Ico, A-I-K-O. Thomas Domville did a demo for the AppleViz website. You'll find the f- link to the full demo on our show notes and on social media as well, if you follow us there. Uh, this is Thomas, and a little slimmed down version for the show here, which uh, Thomas has approved us to do. We've slimmed it down a little bit, but like I say, you can listen to the full version on Apple Viz website. But this is a really interesting demo of uh, the Ico app for iOS that allows you to transcribe uh, audio into text. My name is Thomas Donville, also known as Anonymous. This is an iOS app called Ico, or simply spelled out A I K O. 
which I think stands for Artificial Intelligence, K-O, so A-I-K-O. Not only is it free, but it's totally unlimited, and meaning you can use it as many times as you want. So what is this ICO, and what does it do for me? Essentially, what this will do, it will take any type of audio and transcribe it into text, so speech to text. So as you can imagine, so anything you need to transcribe or transfer over to text, and that it could be a number of things why you would want to use this. And to top of the list that I can think of is for those that are in school that need your professor or your teacher. So they're doing a lecture or a conversation in the classroom, and you need that translated to into text so you can into a readable form. If you are at work, maybe have meetings or if you attend seminars or conventions that you have recorded, and once again, you want to be able to put that down onto text form. This is going to be for you. Now, what makes ICO stand out compared to many other speech-to-text transcription out there is open AI technology. Yes, you have heard that term quite a bit lately, open AI. Yes, it's the same company that makes open AI GPT that you've heard about. There are many things that open AI offers, and one of those is called open AI Whisper. And Whisper is the technology that open AI is used for artificial intelligent to convert audio to text. So you can imagine the accuracy is really great and awesome in using the Whisper technology. Not only that, but it supports over 100 different languages, which is amazing and astounding in a single app. And to top all of that, it's all done on your device. Yes, you heard that right. There is no transferring over to servers or anything like that. It is all done processing on your device. So in my case, my iPhone is doing all the work and doing the transformation from speech to text. Okay, so let's get going. Let's head over to the iPhone here and get Ico up. Ico, double tap to open. We're going to do just that. So one finger double tap to open the app itself. Ico, settings. Button. So the first place it's going to head you into is the settings. Settings is located at the top left. There is not much in the settings itself. I'll show you a few pointers and a couple of things you might be interested in. But other than that, it's one of those you set and you're done. So let's double tap that. Sheet grabber. Button. Double tap to expand the sheet. So let's swipe to the right. Double tap to dismiss pop-up window. Button. Close. Button. Audio language, auto detect, button. Right now, audio language is automatically in auto mode. So I'm not sure why you would change that unless you're having some issues you want to pick out. Hey, it is this particular language. Maybe it's not doing it right. But however, it is automatic. So that means it will detect the language automatically what to transcribe based on the language that it hears. Translate to English. Switch button. On, double tap to toggle setting. Now yours may be set to off on this. I went ahead and, and double tapped this with one finger and turned it on. So no matter what language it hears, it's going to transcribe it to English. So that's the portion I was telling you about. It can convert from other language to English. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and double tap to turn that on. Otherwise, if you want to leave it the way it is, from the language that they detect, it'll just write it in the language they detect back into text. So that'll be up to you. Show timestamps. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. This is set to off. And if timestamps is really important to you to see immediately, then you can go ahead and double tap that on. It is not, and it does not um, affect if you want timestamp to when you get to the top portion where you want to save it or export it. There is the option to have timestamp in that conversation. But for appearance wise, on the screen after it translates, it will show you timestamp if that's something you want to do. It's a look a little messy. I wouldn't recommend it unless you highly need it now. 
Otherwise, just wait until we can export the file into timestamp format. So I'm going to go to the top here with four fingers. Tap at the top. Cheat grabber. Button. Go to the right. Double tap to dismiss pop-up window. Button. And double tap to dismiss. Settings. Button. And then we're back out to the main screen. Okay, so let me show you the main screen interface. As I mentioned before, it's very minimalistic. There isn't much to show. So let's go to the right. I go. Heading. Import audio. Button. Pop-up button. Double tap to activate the picker. So that's pretty obvious there. That is to import the audio. Open. Button. Not sure why they have two of these, but they both do the same thing here. Record. Button. And lastly, we have the record button. Now, as I mentioned before, if you use the record button, that actually records right now. Let's go back left here. Open. Button. Let's do that. I'm going to do a demonstration. I have a audio of a professor and that is in a class. I'm going to use him as an example so you can see how this works. So one finger double tap to open. Documents. Back button. Now, hopefully you have some experience with the file browser app itself. And typically, it will start where you left off using the file browser in the previous. Now, I know immediately it's in my OneDrive just hearing the response of the back button there. I'm going to double tap the back button, and that's at the top left until I get to the very first screen of the file browser screen. Documents. Back button. Files. Files. OneDrive. Back button. OneDrive. One. Browse. Back button. Browse. Cancel. Button. Until you get to the cancel button. You know that you're there. If you hear the cancel, you're at the very first screen. So as I go to the right here. Browse. Heading. More. Button. Search. Search field. Dictate. Button. Until I get to the location button. Locations. Button. Heading. Expanded. Double tap to collapse. Actions available. So it's already expanded. If it's not expanding to one finger, double tap, and I'll expand that for you. iCloud Drive button. This is where you find all your services, your OneDrive, your Dropbox, the Google Drive, and things like that. I am just going to go to my iCloud here. Double tap that. So audio memos. Yesterday one item. Folder button. Actions available. There's my audio memo folder. So I'm using audio memo app, and that is where... I will have all my audio recording. So let's do one finger double tap on that. Professor lecture sample, yesterday 4.3 meters B, audio, actions available. Okay, so that's the one I want to use. One finger double tap on that. Settings, dimmed, button. Now let's go to the right and see what we have on the screen. In progress, stop, button, transcribing. This may take a while. Do not leave the screen. Okay. So it's in the process of transcribing, and you cannot leave this screen. So that is meaning... I teach at Emory University oh, in Atlanta. There we go. And I am... So the transcription is done. But the point I was wanting to make there is that while it's processing and transcribing, you can't leave the screen. Meaning, unfortunately, you won't be able to leave here and go check your emails and things like that. You have to put your device down and wait for the result to come back. And the transcription just depends how long your audio is. Of course, that is going to determine how long the transcription takes. Let's go to the top here. Settings. Button. You're going to see the similar screen as we saw in the home screen. Yes, everything looks about the same with some additional things on the screen. So if you go to the right. Transcription. Go to the right. English. It detected English. So here's the English format. Copy button. Now you have the option to do several things here. The first up is copy. So if you want to copy what he has transcribed, you just double tap that and I'll be put into the iOS clipboard. And from the clipboard, you can access it through from anything else. So if you want to get your notes out or if you want to get your mail out or whatever that is that you want to paste it back to, that's what the copy is for. Let's go to the right. Export button, pop-up button. Export is exactly that. This is where we are able to export it to different formats that is available for you on top of being able to save the audio file itself. Import audio button, pop-up button. Double tap to activate the picker. 
Essentially, if you wanted to start over and you want to import a new audio to transcribe, that is the area you go to. Let's go to the right. Good morning, everybody. This is where the transcription lives. So I can get a sneak peek of what the audio said, and I'll just have it read a few lines here so you can hear for yourself how remarkable the transcription is. I'm Rich Fryer. I teach at Emory University in Atlanta, and I am delighted to be with you to talk about generic federal civil procedure for the bar exam. In fact, we're going to be together for two days talking about civil procedure. Now, think about that. Two days of civil procedure, what's that mean? We'll stop there. That is pretty remarkable. So that is what you are going to be copying or exporting. This is absolutely perfect and beautiful for being able to take something from audio to speech. I was intrigued and interested that it's using the OpenAI Whisper technology. So I know it's going to do a pretty decent job in terms of transcription. And one last remark I want to make, this is available for Mac users as well. ICO is also available on the Mac. So I hope that you find this useful and you'll be able to use it in one form or another that will help you from taking something from audio to text. My name is Thomas Donville, also known as Anonymous. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for that, Thomas. And you can get the full version of that demo in even more detail on the AppleViz site. You can find that link in our show notes, and you can also find it across our social media as well. Absolutely brilliant. How cool is that? I really want to try that out now. I can't think I haven't got a specific use for it, but I really want to try it out. That's just such a cool technology. I think that's the thing. I mean, it's showing what's possible, right? And we may not all need this today, but it might be something we need in the future for whatever reason. And, you know, I think about conversations we have or things we do. Maybe we record a chat with someone and we think, oh, you know, I just love to get that phone number written down rather than having to try and take it from audio. Now you can do that. So, you know, I think that's really cool. That's really, nice. really cool. Thank you, Thomas. Tried it on the Mac. It is very similar, actually. Very similar experience to what you heard on the iPhone. It's almost exactly the same layout. So you really can't get lost in there. It's a very simple application, but very, very powerful, which is fantastic. Um, Okay, look, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Let's go to some emails. We'll start with Elliot, who uh, has, uh, let's just say, had a few issues with audio description at the cinema. Hi. Sorry for a bit of a rant today, but just got back from another unsuccessful trip to the cinema where myself and my partner were both let down once again by the lack of working headsets for audio description. The fact that I was told last time I was there at the start of April that new headsets would be in in the next week has proved not to be the case and I was also told I could contact the cinema in advance on Facebook to check the headsets were available, which I did, but got no response. We've had numerous problems with the headsets at this particular cinema, Cineworld in Poole, but I've had similar issues elsewhere before as well, so I'm thinking it may be more widespread. Can we not come up with something better? We went to the theatre in London last year and had the live audio description through an app on the iPhone, which I thought was pretty cool. At the cinema, if you actually get a headset that is working and has both ear cups attached, it's like winning the lottery. <laughs> the film I was hoping to see, if anyone is remotely interested, was the new Guardians of the Galaxy, but guess I may just have to wait until it is available digitally. P.S. Stephen, after your bus story the other week, my partner is now terrified of getting hit by the wing mirror every time she's waiting for a bus. Sorry. I think we agree with you that it's better just not to leave the house. If you're not getting run down by cyclists or getting hit by bus wing mirrors, you can't get anywhere on the train anyway because of the engineering works or strikes. Rant over. Elliot, from a cloudy but warm pool. Ah, I I do love every time you send a message, Elliot, we get the weather update, and I think that's important. I oh think yes! That's, everyone should do breaking that. Breaking news, weather news, <laughs> weather news. Yeah, I can I can uh, attest to this because my family went to see the Mario movie um, <laughs> last month, and it said audio described. We checked the website, audio description available. Of course, you can't ring the cinema direct. <laughs> of at, course, at why would that be? No, a no thing? you can't yeah. get in contact. But it said audio described. Went down there. They only had one headset, and it was broken. <sighs> So um, luckily, they sat through it and watched it all, and uh, the whole family got a refund uh, because Sarah doesn't mess around. So um, <laughs> at least the kids got to watch it for free. Don't but mess no, it's, with Sarah. Perfectly valid point. It, yeah. It's so frustrating, and there's no need for it. An app would solve the problem. We can use our own um, smartphone and headset 
and just give us an app to access it. I know they, there are some cinemas, particularly uh, not in the UK, but in other countries that do exactly this. And why we're so behind in this baffles me. Terrible. Yeah, there was the Active View, wasn't there? Active View is the one I remember hearing about. I think that was there a was. trial, though. That wasn't that wasn't even something that came out. And that was where they had the audio description in the app. It was just the description, and you would wear, say, an AirPod or whatever, uh, or your own earbud, and you could just listen to the audio description whilst watching the movie with everyone else. And I yeah. think that's a really nice way of doing it, right? Because then you're you're still part of the conversation, you're still part of the thing, but you're getting fed this extra information. It's like a little voice in your ear, which I think is quite cool. It should be so easy. There's no excuse. Even if we took our own Bluetooth headset and just connected into the yeah. uh, the screen Wi-Fi uh, or Bluetooth, that would be fine. I, so, I mean, the whole audio description thing is just such a mess. I, I started watching something the other day on Sky TV over here. I don't know what channel this is on originally. In fact, I'm not even sure what channel it's on here because it seems to be any time I record it, it's on a different channel. But, you know, it's a sci-fi thing called The Swarm, if anyone's seen this. Uh, it's a bit weird, but it's kind of good. And um, it's it, it was audio described, but the audio description was so loud in comparison to the text, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, the, yeah. the dialogue. Yeah, I could barely, I, I was constantly having to turn it up, turn it down, turn it up, turn it down. Yeah, So, so frustrating that this kind of nonsense goes on. It's, it's as if no one really cares or pays the attention. And you know, the irritating thing about this is when you actually speak to the audio describers who are really passionate about what they do. Absolutely. And you give them yeah. this feedback. Like, you know, I couldn't really enjoy the film because, you know, the audio was all over the place. They're as frustrated <sighs> as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's in charge of this stuff? You know, who's making the decision? And yet, Terrible. again... The company IDC International Digital Center, uh, Eric and and all the team over there, Liz and the people who do all the a lot of the audio description stuff for Netflix, they really really care. And I wish more people would just listen to them. I wish because they, yes. they to me have set a standard which every other company should be setting. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much uh, for your uh, comments and uh, keep them coming. Loads more feedback on tomorrow's show. Plus, of course, it's the beginning of the week that is Global Accessibility Awareness Day week. GADWA, as I'm now calling it. More on that tomorrow on the show. That's it for today. Bye. Bye. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.